And I think if you were on the fence, like I was for a long time, because I didn't understand it, you should just try a class. BJJ Matt Times. Dude. Where were you last night, man? We were we were all getting down. <laughs> um, well, I was at uh, Gracie San Marcos yeah. Open Mat, yeah, which I normally go to every Friday. Yeah. I've been going to their open mat since I started jujitsu. Um, I have a friend who I've known uh, in the Marine Corps uh, named Angel, and that's where he trains. And he always uh, invited me to open mat, and that's just sort of my Friday ritual. Yeah. It's like my Friday ritual is usually like, you know, my Fridays are typically North Coast, either the five or the six, maybe go out afterwards, you know, grab something to eat, just the usual. But yeah, Fridays are always fun because you, you never know. Some, sometimes you show up there on, on Friday and it's 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 heavy and tons of people and everyone's getting down. And then other times it's just kind of mellow. Not a lot of people, but dude, that open mat, it's pretty cool. I always see your videos of the open mat. We got, we got, we got a traveling videographer over here, you know, Bannerman taking care of business. Well, um, before, well, when it comes to, uh, that versus coming to North coast, well, I would like to, in the future, alternate every week. I'd like to come to North coast, uh, every other Friday and then go to Gracie other Friday because I have so many friends now. Uh, since I've done started jujitsu, and it's like, yeah. oh, I want to see everyone. Yeah. And I can't unfortunately get all of them to come to North Coast or all of you guys, obviously, to come to Gracie. So uh, it's trying to make that social balance between uh, both groups, I would say. And I, I heard that last night was a lot of fun. Uh, at Gracie, it was a lot of fun as well. And uh, I met another person who is about the same size as me, and I'm hoping I can get him in to come to North Coast Open Mat on Sunday, uh, one of these Sundays, um, because it's rare that I can find someone who's about the same size as me um, and strength as me. And that's a different game versus someone who's a lot bigger than me or mm -hmm. a lot smaller than me, which is where I normally find myself. Yeah, I know the you and I, uh, we, we, we reside in the ultra heavyweight class. <laughs> yes. So, you know, yeah, I mean, we, we have a good amount of... Uh, I think people who who meet our our like body size shape parameters when when we roll. I mean, but uh, it's it's a uh, man. It, it, it's it's always good when you find more people who are like in that weight class in that body type of people that you think you'll like be competing against. Uh, it just gives you that just better. And I don't know if it's better. It just gives you that 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 more similar experience that you're going to see in like a competition environment. And I know you did uh, you did uh, was it tap cancer out a few months ago, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, on February. And, uh, that experience taught me that, uh, ultra heavyweight is not for me, uh, anymore. So the next time I compete, I'll be super heavyweight. Uh, because, you know, it's an interesting experience being bigger because people's perception of you is that, well, you're just a big guy. So therefore you can just go against big guys, but not realizing that sometimes in a competition with ultra heavyweight, I might be 230 and my opponent might be 280. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're both big guys, but he's, 50 pounds bigger than me. Yeah. And, you know, when you put that same parameter, let's say you are someone who competes at 165, would you want to go against somebody who's 215? Well, no, you wouldn't. And sometimes I feel that for me, it's not fair, but I understand it is the rule set. So I realized that in order for me to make it more fair, I need to cut weight like most people do, uh, because ultimately 
if I want to be more successful and if going in the future, this it's just too heavy for me. And there's too much of a disparity between weights. Yeah. That it makes it too difficult. It, it is. It is challenging to overcome those those weight the the the, the difference in weight. Um, when that's huge. That that's just a massive amount of weight. But I think once you start getting past probably like fifteen twenty pounds is where I start to really notice notice the difference. Um, and and it it is hard to overcome a change in weight because just the pressure is different, the strength, everything move with it. But also, I, I do I do think with this is like. When I roll with the heavier opponents, for me, it really makes me rely on my technique, and I can't out muscle moves, uh, or I can't out muscle them on on some things. And, and that's what I like about about like picking heavier opponents to go with, is because it makes me rely on 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 my skill set to get out. Uh, and I usually start from bottom. I mean, not, not because I, I I like oh yeah, I prefer to start from bottom because it's my bottom game, you know, and I, like a lot of guys have a really strong bottom game and they're able to sweep people and everything. But I do it because I feel like it's the weaker part of my game. Um, actually all of it's kind of weak, but, <laughs> um, but I feel like it's the weaker part of my game. And I, and I also feel like if I can get out from underneath, then that's a win for me. And, and, and so seeking out a bigger opponent to do that with, I mean, it, it, it changes the game. And, 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 uh, I mean, for us, like, like when I roll with, with Aaron, right? Like Aaron, Aaron has me, he, he probably has 50 pounds on me, maybe, maybe more, um, maybe less. I don't know, but, um, I can definitely feel when I roll with him, the amount of pressure, but at the same time, although I like the challenge, I'm going down to 215 because man, I am done with ultra heavyweight. It is rough. Well, and also I think there's a game difference. And so sometimes I find going against very heavy opponents to be almost boring in a sense because a lot the bigger you are, sometimes you can rely a lot on your size. So if you're very heavy, you're used to being able if I can just get on top of you, if I can get you in a side control position, I can just hold you there and tire you out and eventually I'll get an armbar on you. And I don't like that. I'd rather have a interaction that's very challenging for me. So maybe someone like Derek or someone who gets my cardio going. They're moving very quickly. Um, they're very active in the world versus I think sometimes the heavier guys rely too much on the size and don't want to engage in technique it's all about my size. And then when you have two big guys going together, it's like two gorillas fighting. It's like a strength of wills rather than let's do it today. It's who can get on top, essentially, and hold the other person down rather than let's be more active in this world. Let's get something out of this. Uh, and so I totally want to get smaller as well. Yeah, the I, I think so. I, I watch a lot of uh, flow sports, you know, and, and watching flow grappling and all that. And like when we watch Fight to Win, for example, right? Like, like we're watching Fight to Win. And you see the, the, like, I guess the, the sub 200 rounds or the sub 225 rounds. I, I don't know what the exact, you know, differences in the, in, in or, or where the break is in the weight. But typically what I see is I see the, uh, the, the lighter individuals out there moving, doing a lot of different moves, working from top to bottom. And the heavier opponents, they are, they're on their feet and they're on their feet for like three minutes, three and a half minutes. It's a five minute round. And they're just trying to make sure that they're not the one on the bottom because with the heavier guys, Hey, once you're on the bottom, sometimes you're just stuck there. You're, you're not getting up. Exactly. And, and it does make for a, a boring, 
like a, a boring round. Um, although I will say when I'm on the bottom and I'm getting pressured to death, it's not that boring. It's a struggle for me, but, um, uh, I could see like from watching it or, or using those type of rounds to expand your game, it, it could get, get pretty boring from, from that standpoint. But, uh, I was just thinking like, like, like I hate when we're rolling and we were, we start, we go, we lock up and then we're just on our feet for like three and a half minutes, four minutes. And then one of us is like, okay, I'm going to pull guard. Maybe, <laughs> well, <laughs> just, well, you know? Well, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like yeah, to just keep, yeah, just keep yeah. it moving because, yeah. um, I want to have fun and mm-hmm. I want to get my heart rate up. And it's just like, in order to do this the most effectively is we need to keep moving. We need to keep mm-hmm. moving and keep trying different things. And, um, one of the things from my previous school that, I did not like was I was always paired with certain people. Mm-hmm. So every time it would come time to uh, roll, I would say, okay, well, Charles, you're going to go with big IA. Mm-hmm. This is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. It's always me and big IA, me yeah. and big IA. Mm-hmm. It's always the big, who's the biggest person? YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. And for me, Although I do understand that in competition, that I need the pressure, I love seeing how other people utilize their bodies and their perhaps lack of weight or lack of strength and compensate for that through their technique and their skill sets. And it's just, I like the experience more uh, rolling with the smaller guys or even women sometimes or people who have long legs or just something different than just the big guy all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And uh, I really appreciate that about North Coast is that there's so many different body types and so many different skill levels um, compared to uh, where I was previously. And so, like, for instance, like Ryan, ADCC Ryan, is obviously very small. I might be 100 pounds more than him, but, you know, I have a hard time with him because he can move so quickly. He can recover his guard so quickly. And I think, you know what? I like this. I'm, I want to be like this. I want to take this little thing from him. And learn how to do this myself. Even though I'm a bigger guy, I don't want to play the big guy game. I want to be able to invert. I want to be able to roll. I want to be able to do all this type of stuff. And you don't get that type of experience when it's always you and a bigger person. Um, so, so for like for like bigger guys like us, I don't think like getting to that type of game is just losing the weight. I think uh, like like for me, it's it, it's a part of it. But there's also I have to learn some flexibility of things that I don't have. And and you were a power lifter, right? Like like for for some time yes. quite a while ago. Um and I do I've been active with with weightlifting for many, many years. Do you ever find like the the with your legs and your shoulders that just from all the years of lifting everything, everything's really tight and you have a hard time flexing out? Like like you, like for example, ADCC Ryan you mentioned, right? Like, dude, that guy has flexibility like tons of flexibility. Do you think you've ever lost that? Like some of that flexibility through powerlifting is something you have to work on. If you're going to try to get to a game that's similar to ADCC. I would say that I've been very, very blessed. Um, because throughout all the years of powerlifting, first of all, I, I have no injuries physically. Uh, I don't have a bad back. I don't have bad wrists. So a lot of powerlifters will have injuries with their shoulders, with their, like I said, the wrists, their lower backs, upper backs. I don't have any of that. And to directly answer your question, 
I just feel like as long as I drill it and I try it, I can do it. I can do it. Like people said, oh, well, you can't invert. But no, I can mm -hmm. because I just practiced it. So I don't feel like I have a lot of physical limitations that a lot of perhaps my uh, previous powerlifting peer group would have. Uh, I feel as though for me, from the neck down, I'm pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty flexible. If I put my mind to it and I learn it and drill it and try it, I can do it. You do it. With trying to work into that different game of the the like bringing the weight down, working into the more of that uh, um, I don't even know what the what the right way to call it is like the 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 small guy game versus the big guy game or, or whatever with that. What are you implementing now to like start working that? Like like do you go in and you're like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna work inversions right now with ADCC. I'm gonna work them with Chomp. I'm gonna work work these different moves. You go in and have an active game plan of how you're gonna start focusing on shifting your game from big guy game to that more active game. I think that that comes well to answer your question directly. Uh, I think that comes a lot with the experience of interacting with them. So I always make sure, like, I want to roll with you. I need to roll with you because I want to see what you do, and then I'll pick something from it. So it's sort of like a buffet. If I can take the good parts that I like from everyone, then I can make my own little meal, I yeah. guess you can say. And I will be the collection of, of all these people's different skills. So in order for me to implement that, I need that time with you. So I always make sure if there's something that I see or something I like, I'm going to pick. They probably get annoyed, but I'm going to pick them up because I want to take something from you. That's been the way that I do it. So I always pressure them because I want to see, like, okay, what are you doing in this situation? Or let's say... um, you know, I'm about to sweep you. How are you going to adjust your body to not get swept? How do you move? And it's like, okay, now I'm going to try that. I'm going to move in that certain way. Um, and when it also comes to going back to what we were talking about earlier with the the two big ultra heavyweight gorillas is what I really, really, really appreciate with some of the uh, guys probably in the 160 to 190 range. So thinking about like uh, DDS, Ryan, um, Dylan, um, and Chomp as well is their intensity. I love their intensity when we roll. Um, that just fire, like they're actually really trying to get at me. And then I want to be like that. I want to be intense like that. I want to have that type of intensity. If I continue in jujitsu years later, I want to be that intense, heavy guy who's doing these inversions, who's doing all of this weird stuff. And the only way I can really get that is if I constantly... Uh, ingratiate myself with this group and then make sure that I constantly roll with them to pick from them, pick their minds and see how they do things. And so that's number one. And then as far as the, how to get down to the weight, well, uh, we're working on that. We'll see, we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I, have to, I have to find a competition and then uh, the way I'm very goal oriented. So I'm the type of person, I have to pick a competition and I'll say, okay, this is six months out and I'm here and I need to be here and then just make that step. I'm very goal oriented. I can't just do things just willy nilly. I have to have something, a deadline, a pressure in order for me to uh, lower that. But in the meantime, as far as the game is concerned, that's my game plan. So I like all the assortment of bodies. I'd like to be uh, very intense, but very technical. Maybe like uh, someone like um, uh, Taylor or Terrence one day where it's like it's very intense and it's quick and they're able to take advantage of the situation very fast. And, but also they can keep the pace going. So I want, I want to be like that eventually. With the pace piece. So my endurance is not, definitely not where I want it to be. It wasn't where it was last year. It's it's um, 
it's fallen off since last December. So I'm trying to build that back up and get that to where I would like it to be. Um, so I've been, I've been doing, I've been trying to get extra rounds in, extra rounds, push a little harder during the rounds, push myself a bit more. And, and also I think with the, with the pushing through the rounds to help build the endurance helps with the speed too, helps with the speed and the reactions because I'm pushing myself by making myself go faster through the rounds. One person who's helped me a lot with that is Terrence. Like you talk like, like tra- trying to roll in that same speed, pace and manner as which Terrence and, and Taylor roll. Um, I have had the opportunity to roll with, uh, Terrence a bit more lately than Taylor. But, um, when I roll with Terrence, I'm like, Hey dude, you want to, you want to go? Let's, let's get this. Now I already know I'm going to get wrecked in that process, but I'm going to really, really push myself. And I, and he knows, Hey, Hey, like Ray's going to be going a hundred percent here. He, he's going to come at me and go that way. We just have that mutual understanding from the beginning. You know, there's nothing worse in my this is just my opinion. There's nothing worse when you meet up with a partner and you're like, hey, you're getting ready. You slap hands and you have an idea of what the round's going to be and it's not what the round is. You're like, hey, yeah, we're going to go like 50, 75% and all of a sudden they come out the gate at 120. And so I, I like to say, hey, like right up from the beginning, hey, let, let's go. Let's push the pace. Let's, let's go through. And I love that. I mean, he pushes the pace for me because there's no way I'm keeping up with him and his speed. It's just just not any time in the near future will I be able to to move it at the rate that he does. Mm-hmm. But he can definitely push me. And, and, and I, I've been a minute into a round with him, and I thought I was four minutes deep already. Just, just dying from cardio. And that's how I push myself. Um, I'm also working the weight down myself too. I want to get to that 215 range that way with the gi on, I'm not over 223. And I think that's kind of like the cut, the 220, the high, high 222s, 223, somewhere in there. Cause I would like to have a weight class as well. I can't tell you that I'm going to be competing anytime soon or a year from now or ever. I, I don't know what that, what that looks like for me. I like the idea of competing, I like, uh, but I really hate the waiting, man. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the anxiety. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of ang- Oh, you mean the competing the day, the day of the, the waiting? The day of the waiting and the lead up to it. I mean, the anxiety, exactly what you're talking about. Like, I, I really just loathe that whole lead up to it, you know? Uh, yes. So for me, um, you know, I always make the joke that from the neck down, I'm very good, but from the neck up not so much you know i deal with a lot um as far as you know anxiety is concerned as well as like my migraine issues my eyes aren't very good i have a hard time even seeing uh the moves most of the time i have to wait and, and you know i miss a lot of details and hearing um and one of those big things is the anxiety of the moment which makes me want to not do the competition but one of the things about jujitsu that I find really good is that this has been a very great avenue for me to push past the emotion of fear. And part of my, uh, I was in the Marines and part of the, the things you talk about is the whole Marine concept, which you would use to grade your subordinates. And you would sort of look at not just their proficiency, but you know, their conduct as well as uh, how they did their job, their rifle range and all this type of stuff. But I kind of like the idea of a whole concept. And I realized, like, in order for me to really progress as a as a man and as a human being, um, I have to push myself in the fear department and do the things that I'm afraid to do. And unfortunately, it kind of sucks 
to be honest with you, because it's like, oh, I got to sign up for this. Then there's the lead up and I can't sleep and I, I know, I'm shaking and, you know, yeah. the day of is just I just don't want to do it. I just thinking of excuses to get out. But unfortunately, in order to grow, you need adversity. And so for me, it's like, well, not only, OK, I might not win, but you know what? Showing up was really hard for me. That, that was the hardest part. And if I can do that, then that's a win in my book. Yeah. Oh yeah, the you don't get good at the hard stuff by doing the easy stuff. I mean, and and that's what it is. Sometimes it's those psychological barriers when you're there. I I just hate I just hate the day of to waiting. And I, I know I know what you're talking about because I get the whole thing the the same thing the the two weeks up to it the three weeks the four weeks most times it starts like boom you sign the line right there and you you sign up and it's like oh man here we go you don't know what's going to happen on the day of for me it's always and I've said this on other podcasts it's so much it's not always the just being there on the mat it's it's when you're in the match and like just dying of pressure going like man am I going to get tapped out to pressure over here. I'm gonna look like such a loser. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I hate that. I'm like, man, this is terrible. But that's like ego, though, too. That's like the the ego part of that. Um, and and I, I don't know. I, I always go back and forth with it. But my my concern for myself personally now has shifted a lot less from the the actual um, the the lead up to it and the day of of more so. I'm concerned about some of my injuries at this point right now i'm like man that like because my left knee has taken a real beating in the last month um so much to where i'm only training like two days a week sometimes Mm -hmm. um i try to go three to five three to four at least three but in recent weeks i've i've actually i did this last week i only went twice uh, and that was because school and my knee, but a lot of it had to do with this knee right here. I was like, okay, I'll just do schoolwork since I can't go train. And and that's the, the injury factor during a match really concerns me, um, especially like for work and, and, and everything else. And, and, and that, that part is, I think has gotten into my head more so than anything else is like, Hey, what happens if I go out there and get injured? Fortunately, Everybody, it, it, the other competitions I've done in the in the Masters, I think it's Masters three, um, uh, Masters three. Everybody else has been in the same boat as me, where they're like, "Hey, I got to work tomorrow. You know, we're going with we're going out with the kids after this, so we're not trying to get injured or anything. We just want to go out here and push ourselves, push ourselves in our age bracket and have a good time." And I don't know, it's it's a it's a tough one. I, I should I should go out and do it again though. Although I just say like I don't know when it's when it's going to be, but but I I feel like like competition is a great way to just push yourself to that upper limit, and you know well, yeah. Well, I think that um, getting hurt is definitely a yeah. valid concern, and I can't say that. I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I don't really necessarily worry about getting hurt as much, and maybe I should be a bit more concerned about that because. Thus far, I've just feel very resilient. Uh, any injury is just very minor. I've been very, 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 very blessed as far as my body has been concerned. Uh, I have done, so I've done powerlifting. I did strongman. Uh, now I'm doing this. I, and I was I was in the Marines for almost ten years, and you know I've just been so fortunate. So I think sometimes I'm kind of naive about the injury. I can really understand the mental piece though, but. As far as the physical injury, I can't. Um, Having said that, I think one of the problems 
that we have in our culture is is that everyone is looking you know my my friend uh, angel always talk about how everyone wants that podium picture everyone wants the podium picture at any cost and you're willing to sort of hurt your opponents you're willing to be as dirty as possible to get that moment in time so that you can get your likes and you can get your views and you can feel well i'm this man look at me and thinking about that and considering that you know i realized that you can get a lot out of things and still lose. And I'm not trying to have necessarily the defeatist attitude, but I'm saying that I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves because we're following what other people do and they want to win. But it's like, as I said earlier, you don't really know someone's battle, what it took for them to get there. So my last opponent at Tap Cancer Out, um, Joshua, he, uh, I, he, he, uh, his own Instagram is, is BJJ Fit Journey, and I, I looked at his his post, and it's like he's lost over a hundred pounds. And so, I had to think about, um, even though I, I lost to him, it's sort of like you know, I don't mind losing to that because it took so much for him to get to where he's at. And when I was at Tap Cancer Out, I saw someone without a leg. I'm thinking there's probably other people who um, have maybe a PTSD issues or they have other things. And so I think sometimes we get lost in this desire for a podium picture that we kind of lose our humanity in a sense of it. And yeah. Uh, I, sorry. It's and, all and, good. I, I'm, I'm tracking. I, uh, I, I got you. And, yeah. and, and with that, and with yeah. that said, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we're not really thinking and not really present in the moment about what's really important uh, in this competition, in this life, because at the end of the day, even if you win and you get your medal, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fleeting vainglory. It's about the memories you make. It's about how you push yourself personally, how you can use that as a whole person concept, and also how you can support others and who you can meet and this relationship that we can develop with one beyond one another. And so for me, just think about that in that sense, it's like a competition. I'm always going to win. I could be last place. I'm always going to win. I'm always going to get something from this. And I wish more people kind of had that, you know, mentality and, I do think, you know, getting hurt is possible because there is a lot of ego and pride. There's not a lot. Perhaps there's some disrespect for your opponent because it's, you know, but, you know, that's that's the risk it takes. But as long as I'm not that person, um, I think that's what really matters. It's a combat sport and there is a risk of injury in there. And when I roll for myself, my mindset when I'm out there is I don't have an intent to injure someone else. I could see where that would be different outside of a jujitsu training partner scenario outside of, and I'm not even saying in competition, like when we go to competition, I'm not thinking my, myself personally, I'm not thinking, okay, I'm going to injure my opponent. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I get the submission. Maybe I get a takedown. Maybe I get a, a choke or something like that, but I have never thought in one minute that I would hold a arm bar or any kind kind of joint lock that I thought was going to injure someone if they weren't tapping. I would just let it go rather than get a you know ten dollar medal over that. And and I've heard people say like like, well, they should know when to tap. I agree. They should win, know when to tap. But at the same time, me, 
I'm not going to injure somebody because they won't tap. It's a competition, not a war. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 we're doing a match. We're not in a fight. We're not. It's just, I think it's a different mindset. I do see what you're saying though, where some people will be like, yeah, man, I, you know, I'm just going to go out there and, 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 you know, F that guy, blah, 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 that. And well, I I hear the hype and some people get, um, pleasure from hurting others. And it's, it's like a, a badge of honor. Like, oh, I ripped this guy's arm off. And it's like, well, this is a this is a human being just like you. Mm-hmm. And if this was, you know, your friend or your brother, or if this was you, mm-hmm. how would you feel? So there has to be this sort of humanity. But I think when we look back, you know, for children and teenagers who went through team sports, it's like, yeah, there is the aspect of we want the team to win, but we also want your character to be developed. Who are you as a person? So you put you put a young man in a team sport because you want him to learn certain life skills and life traits about cooperation, uh, honor, courage, strength, um, his commitment to the team and, and their mission, these types of things. And I think sometimes people can get lost as an adult. You know, what am I really doing here? Am I just doing all this to get a $5 medal or am I trying to progress as a person? And for me personally, I'm always trying to think about who I am now and who I want to be and then use the skills and skill sets and activities in my life to sort of facilitate that growth. And when it comes to jujitsu, I realize as part of character building is sort of like this idea that I don't always have to win. When I first started doing jujitsu, you know, I'm this big power lifter, you know, I did strongman, and I'm thinking no one's going to be able to do anything to me because I'm just big. Well, I'm not, but you know, I get there and, um, my buddy drew, you know, uh, he's helping me out. Uh, he's the one that got me started in jujitsu. And I came to sort of like a night class. It was just me and him. And he's just sort of doing the moves. And I'm like, Oh, I could do this. We did something similar to this in the Marine Corps. I, I know what an arm bar is. I know what a rear naked choke is. I, I know this type of stuff. And then I was like, I want you to put it on me. Like, I want you to do your jujitsu stuff on me. And I was like, okay, he's on top and I'm just going to push him off. Cause like, surely I can, if I've, if I've bench pressed 405 pounds, surely I can push, but I couldn't move him. And he just was able to just beat me up. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, I really like this experience. This is really fun. I'm having a great time with this. And when I first started, everyone could beat me up all the, I mean, everyone, because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know how to defend myself. So initially what I was taught was we'll work on your defense. If you have a good defense, then you can start working on your offense. And so when I started working on the defense, I started thinking, well, I don't want to get tapped by anyone. No one is going to tap me out. And I went through this phase where it's like, you know, I just won't move or I just, you know, uh, elbow knee connection or I'll just do whatever so that no one can tap me out and work on the defense. And so that idea also kind of came across with the belief that getting tapped out was bad. I don't want to get tapped out. But as I matured in the sport and as I kept going, I realized that it's not just about me. It's about my partner as well. It's about them learning. It's about them experiencing things. And sometimes it's good to sort of allow the loss, the L, to come. It's, a, it's good to allow the person to get something on you, 
even if you could have fought it, you could have done something. I could have just used my strength and just gotten out of it. Let them get that win because it's good for their confidence. And it's also good for me to see certain things. Sort of abandoning this idea that I always have to win um, really helped me grow in my game. And when I think about some of my most rewarding moments as in jiu-jitsu, uh, it, I'll say this. One of my most re- rewarding moments was anyone who rolls with me knows I, I can sweep you pretty easily. So there's, well, depending on who you are, uh, there's, a, there's a move I can do from side control. It's a harpoon sweep. And I was taught this by someone from my old academy. And I love hitting that move on people because people always think, oh, it's just a bunch of strength. But actually, no, it's just momentum. I just can close my eyes and I can feel your body weight tilt like a seesaw. And then I just push you over and you fall. And so one day uh, at my old academy, um, the instructor wanted us to teach moves. And so I taught that move. And I was like, this is how you do it. Because everyone thinks, oh, it's just you're just strong and big. You're just strong and big. It's amazing when, when you're big and strong. Everyone thinks everything you do is just strength. No, I do technique as well. Um, and I, I will never forget this. Um, one of the guys, he went to use my move. So after we did the the uh, technique, we did rolling. And one of the guys went to go use my move. And I could feel him doing it. I could feel him trying. And I was like, are you really trying to do my move on me? But I was like, you know what? Let's see where this goes. And so I kind of like, you know, lean forward and let him do it. And he sweeps me. And then he gets up. And he does, he spins in, into an arm bar. And, you know, and I was like, oh. And then I was like, you know, I gave him the tap. And I was sort of dumbfounded because, well, in a very positive way, because I was like, wow, he took something that I showed and he improved upon it. He made it better. He, he, actually, chan- he actually channeled it into a submission. He made the move complete. And he's a white belt. And I was thinking to myself, if I would have just said, no, you're not going to do this to me, uh, that moment would not have happened. And for me, that was just, honestly, yeah, it was a tap, but it was so rewarding. It was so, it was such an amazing feeling. Like I taught this, he did this and he made it better. That That's better than any um, tapping out anyone or wrist locking anybody. Uh, that moment was like a cloud nine because it just made me feel like, wow. Um, this 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 technique works. It can be improved upon. And he got the W. He was very happy about it. And it made someone else's day. And it also kind of made my day. And I think sometimes it's better to sort of get out of the mindset of losing and winning instead of thinking about what value can I add to someone else's life? How can I help them? How can I make their day? And sometimes by making someone else's day, you make your own day. When we were talking about some of this, we were talking a bit about the team, right? The team, uh, the honor, the commitment of the team and supporting the team and going through there. And, and, and so in the thoughts of competition, right? So we've talked a lot of, a bit about competition and just different theories, like going out there and, and just, you know, getting the win for being there and, and growing yourself at that event. So at what point do you think like the mindset shifts to where, okay, I'm here for me and I'm growing myself here, but I also have a commitment to the team to do my best and to execute. Do you see uh, an imbalance or a way to find a balance there? 
at the last at tap cancer out uh, at that time um i sort of felt like a free agent in a sense uh although i was signed up under a gym i kind of felt like it was just me um i think perhaps the experience will be different you know when i compete with north coast i'll definitely feel a pressure like okay this isn't just about me this is also about you know jake this is also about you know his reputation and his gym and i think um also the team as well and i want to do my best well and having said that i go into every competition wanting to do my best they never were just like oh, i just want to lose no i don't want to lose but i want to win for sure but um i think that is definitely a different pressure and i will have to see how that feels uh for me in the future so i'm not quite sure i can answer that um without the experience of it i'm listening to everything that you're saying and taking that in and, and trying to evaluate like my own mindset with competition. And I'm thinking, okay, like I have some work to do because there's obviously some ego driven points for me. And then I'm trying to figure out, okay, why do I have these points of drive in my mindset with competition? And I'm thinking about it. And I, and, and, and as I think about it more, I think it comes down to, um, not wanting to let the team down for me. And that's why I pose the question is, 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 uh, you know, the funny way to put it is like, I don't want to bring great disrespect and dishonor upon the academy, you know? Um, so I, I feel that not only do I need to go out there and perform for myself, but I need to go out there and perform for the, for the team too. Um, and, and so just, just like the thoughts, but, but like, and then trying to to wrap my head around the 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 anxiety part and the overcoming like hey just showing up and 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 I know that that people say oh you know just show up just go there and just do it well yeah it's it's different when you do actually go there and show up that's a lot of pressure and 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 I I see that there's not a lot of people that compete it's it's a small number of people that that compete overall at least that's what it seems like to me and i can't quantify that with any actual numbers or anything but like like it just seems to be that that it it is a smaller point so working with that i think think trying to find out that exact reasoning and and why to work through that is is something to think about um the self or the team is also thinking about like we're talking about like competition right like or, or training training in class and how you you work with someone and you you learn while they're learning and you allow them to work through the moves which i think is a great thing with anybody that we train with and and work with i think it's it's great that we have to um allow them to work so they can execute their moves but then we also need to have enough room for us to work as well so so where do we at what point in training and doing live rounds do we switch from the learning teaching role to the execution role? And is that something that we do, you know, like, like, Hey, uh, somebody who's a lower belt rank, we allow them to work more. Um, and then when we try to execute under when we're going with higher belts or same belt level, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, when do we switch from that? that point of training to execution is there is there a time always is there a specific time is it something that we ourselves create like some type of calendarized schedule of hey every wednesday i'm going to go in and get down and it's all about me and my training and then the other two days are a split of helping i mean what do you see well i don't i don't necessarily make 
um, a distinction like that uh, between the self and the the team uh, that I think uh, you might be referring to. And I think sometimes it's it's what what is the mission of the team? If you don't have a defined mission of the team, then it's really hard to answer that question because ultimately it's going to decide. Okay, why are we why are we competing? When I listen to Jake talk about um, the upcoming competitions such as IBJJF or uh, some of the others, he never says, "I want you all competing and I want you all to get gold medals or don't come back." Mm-hmm. He, he never he never mentions it like that. He always mentions it as sort of like a learning experience and a growing experience and a getting better experience. So if that's the bar that we're all supposed to meet, if you're learning, you're growing, and you're getting better, that is winning for the team. And beyond even that, if you can learn and grow in your technique as jujitsu, but you can also learn and become a better person, I mean that's that's a that's a, that's a win win. But I can understand perhaps if you were in a more um, metal-oriented team, a team that's like, okay, we all want, we just want medals just to have them. Well, then that might be letting the team down to not get the best medal. So I think uh, that's a, that's a big that's a big thing too. And ultimately, how you are as a person is going to affect how you train. So if you're the type of person that is very ego-driven and you always want to win. Well, you may find that it's hard to find training partners to train to execution with. You may find that, you know, people might just give up um, when it comes time to drill with you or it comes time to roll. They're like, "Eh, I don't want to do this. They just give up. They're not really helping you train to execution. So I think sort of your personality and your personal values are, are going to shine through through all of it from your training, your drilling. Your warm-ups, your or when you arrive, how you execute things, how you listen, how you respond, all of it. Uh, your personal growth is, is is really an important part, and I don't think they're they're distinction because we all come together to build a team. And where someone's weak, you can be strong. When someone's strong, where you know you're weak, someone else can be strong. We all come together in this way. So the self is important because if you have strong chains that are all linked together, the stronger the chains that are all linked together, the harder it is to break. In, in training, when we do our live rounds, and so I'll, I'll, I'll start the this. So I agree with you on the concept of the school and having the, the captain of the ship kind of sets the tone for what the competitions would be. I, I, I agree with that as well as is, is, and I think like for us at the school, it's never been about, the you have to be number one you have to get on the podium you have to get that gold medal i think it's it's been that's pressure i think that we put on ourselves to perform um what i think the message is at our school at least is is what we regularly hear is we hear if you go do a competition it's going to make you better you're going to like you say, with the experience, you're going to get the experience. And it's like a download of jujitsu that you get a, a large amount of improvement in a short period of time because of the overall experience of the competition. You get to see what works, what doesn't under a, uh, in a scenario that I think is personally more intense than most rounds that we experience at any gym for the most part. The competition itself is much more intense than 
most rounds that, that we experience. And then that's, that's for like the, my thoughts on like, like how the gym presents that or any a gym in general, not specific this one, but like a, a gym in general presents that. And then from the win versus lose perspective of doing rounds, I agree with that as well. Because when you have a training partner that just wants to go in there and win, win, win and beat you down all the time, and you don't have that same mindset to work in, that's not a point where you can learn because there's no give and take back and forth where each side can learn. And my other thought on that is, is this, how do you get to the point where iron sharpens iron if you're not going a hundred percent and driving to win every time? And, and, and there has to be a balance with that. It, it, it's because for a number of reasons, like me, I can't go a hundred percent all the time. Just age isn't going to allow me to do it. I can't, I, I, I try, I try to go very push, 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 but it's just not there all the time. How, how do we continue to use each other to make the best version of ourselves while still allowing that win, lose, back and forth relationship and rolling? For me personally, the best way that I find to do that is I can find training partners who I feel I can be uninhibited with, where I feel like, you know, I can give this my all. But I also respect that there are other training partners where I need to inhibit myself. And I think that is where who you are is really going to show. Uh, so, for instance, uh, Chomp, I cannot really exert my will on him because he's very, he's, he's, he's very intense. He's very technical and it's very challenging. So I feel like this is when I can kind of go all out and just see who can win. But there are perhaps other people, perhaps um, maybe a new white belt who walks in. I can exert my will on this person very easily and I can beat them and I could tap them, you know, however many ways I could use my strength, technique, whatever. And I think that is the time to sort of say, okay, it's not about me at this point. I can have my fun roles with, with the DDS and chomp and I can be all about myself, but this person, I need to be more respectful of them and their betterment and their training. And that is not me smashing them. That is that is sometimes letting them letting them work positions, letting them get the armbar, letting them do things, um, and helping them. Because practically, when I go against someone who's better than me, I'm not going to want them to smash me. I don't want someone to have that win 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 mentality against me. If I can't go at your same level, you know, this is not going to be fun. So I think it's sort of fun finding that balance as a, as personally, you have to know who you are, what you're about and who your training partners are, where you feel like, you know, I can sort of be a hundred percent and who I can't be a hundred percent with and then work that fine balance. Uh, but going back to what you said about the pressure we put on ourselves to win. Well, I've thought about, you know, where does that come from? You know, this, 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 and I think we live in a very interconnected world and we live in a world where you know, we're all on social media and we all feel like I need to have a highlight reel of life to show everyone my victories. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not as sexy to have a bronze medal or a no medal. But I think the question becomes is, is that mentality really the best mentality to have? So I'm, I'm sort of thinking not necessarily about sacrificial. I just don't think it's a very good, I don't think it's a very good 
mentality. I don't think it's beneficial in the long run. I actually think it's kind of harmful because then you set a bar. I have to win. If I don't win, I'm disappointed. I got nothing from this. This was a waste of my time. And instead, you could have a different mentality where you say, you know what? I didn't win, but here's what I'm grateful for. And here's what I learned from this. So I also want to add this on top of this. When you, my, my friend Angel broke this down to me when I first started jujitsu. He said, listen, think of it like a pyramid. You have your casuals, your regulars, and your competitors. And every gym is the same way. So the vast majority of the people, I can't, I can't give a percentage depending on where it's at, but we'll say probably seven out of 10, maybe eight out of 10 are not going to compete. They're not going to put themselves out there. They're not going to sign up for a competition. So already you're sort of in an elite group. If, if you're willing to put yourself out there, you already have one above even the people you train with because you have mental fortitude to say, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to risk it. I'm going to risk getting beat up. I'm going to risk losing. I'm going to risk embarrassing myself. I'm going to risk not having the social media picture. And I'm also going to risk, you know, personal injury that might affect, you know, someone might do something to me that's going to affect my job or my life. Um, that in and of itself is just very, very courageous. And I think that it should be commitment because most people will not do it. So on top of that, now you're in a group of the top of the pyramid for every local gym, more than likely. So if you go to tap cancer out, all the Gracie, you know, Humida, San Marcos, Carlsbad, Gracie Barra, uh, you know, Atos, Excel, North Coast, uh, 9-9, they're all going to be there. So we're all, we are all the top of this thing. And now it's like, okay, we want to show our skills. We want to win. And I get that. And I understand that. And I believe in competition. I believe it's, it's healthy to have competition, but I think it's easy to get lost in that. And it's easy to get lost into the big picture because ultimately let's say you do win. So for instance, I, I did powerlifting before this and powerlifting is, is a very individual sport even though, yeah, you can come from a gym, it's very individual. So it's me just lifting weights. It's me pushing myself mentally. Okay, I'm gonna li- I'm gonna do a bench press with the heaviest weight. And okay, so you do this, and you you get the medal. Congratulations, you got a five dollar medal. And it's kind of like, oh, well, that was fun and exciting, but you know, it's very fleeting. It's fleeting. And what I used to, what, what the reason why I stopped doing powerlifting, the reason why I kind of got out of that community was because there was so much drug use as far as steroids and the numbers were starting to get very crazy. So when I, when I did my first competition, um, I was in the 220 weight class and I had, I think I had a total maybe in the 1400s or 1500s. That's between bench squat and deadlift. I can't quite remember the exact number. And that was very exciting. That was very fun. And uh, as, as I said, going back to the pyramid, very few people compete. All the people who go to LA Fitness, 24-Hour Fitness, the local gyms, very few people will compete and put themselves out there. And I got silver. And I was very happy with that. But I started to notice something. Um, I don't want to say Instagram was taking off, but I will say that I noticed the Instagram strength community started to grow. And I started to notice people around me who were doing a lot of... Um, Steroids, for lack, for lack of a better word, because everyone wanted to be strong. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to have that gold medal. But you're not really thinking about what is the long-term effect of this action or these beliefs on me, my body, physically, and my life. 
And as we've seen, you know, I think people will end up paying the price for that, you know, when it comes to their liver function, when it comes to their hearts, when it comes to the their lifelong. And it's like, okay, you did all this for a $5 medal. And so to kind of bring that back to jujitsu, it's sort of, you need to have a big picture view. So yes, I've, I've won the medal. Congratulations. But what was the cost? The cost was, you know, maybe, you know, I don't have any friends anymore at the gym. Um, maybe, um, it cost me a lot of more money. You know, I, it cost me, it, everything comes at a cost. And the question is, it's like, yeah, you won the medal, but what is it costing? And I think you have to have a, a balance between that and kind of have to be aware of it. We always want to talk about the good things, but we don't ever talk about the bad, the side effects. And so I don't think the win mentality often, I think it's, it's, it's healthy to have, how about this? It's healthy to have a competitive mentality. I want to compete and do the best that I can. But the win mentality, I think oftentimes is very harmful. Because then you can't you can't even celebrate your victories because you didn't win you didn't win the gold medal and that's a that's a that's, I think that's kind of a crappy way to go through life in my opinion when we're talking about some of the rolling and rolling with your opponents and you're back and forth and it's it seems to me that maybe what we're talking about is not so much of the the going into win win mindset and and doing, maybe I'm thinking what it is, is it's more so understanding what your skill set is and your skill level versus your opponent or not even your opponent at that point, but your training partner at that point. And if you have a, a, a skill set that is at a, a higher level than what your training partner is, then maybe use that to, to help build your training partner's skill set versus show versus use your your dominance at that point. And, and I think that that's that's a good way to look at it is is know your opponent or know your training partner and know yourself and know where you lie in that. I was rolling last night one of the people I was rolling with um they were probably going at about 70%. I was doing my best. I was putting everything I had out there, but I could tell they were probably going at about 70%, maybe 80%. I was breathing hard. I was going to try to execute the moves that I was looking to execute, and I could tell it wasn't even really pushing their cardio. Um, but that's a moment, I think, that we think about and we like, okay, that's maybe what we should all be doing to help build each other. Also with, with the goals piece. So, so when we're talking like the, when you go to a competition, it's gold, silver, bronze, don't place, whatever it may be, how, whether it be competition or not, how, how do you set a benchmark to show improvement? There's, there's the way you, and I think what you separate is what, what you and I are talking about, like separating how you feel about the execution of something versus what the actual result is. And also with that, the goal. So if your goal is to show up and the where you place at the event has no bearing on that goal, then I think where you place doesn't it, it's inconsequential to the outcome. If you go in and your your intent is to win, 
in place, then I think that does have consequences to, to the outcome. And, and I think it's, it's, it's what your intent is of, it's what your intent is for that event, that action, or what you're looking to do predicts how you either one, how you feel about the outcome or two, uh, how you're going to, to conduct yourself to get that outcome. And, and, and I know that's kind of like very broad in, in statement. And, and, and so like, if you go to a competition to win, are you going to hurt your opponent in order to win? Does that cross your values? Does, does that cross your ethics of what you're doing? And I think that's some of what we're talking about too. I know for me personally, I'm not going to injure somebody to win an event that will have no bearing on my life other than what I do as a hobby, I guess you can say. Something that I greatly enjoy and I feel is very beneficial to my life, but still it is an outside, it's a hobby. So, so uh, to answer that question about sort of the intention, well, I, I always, I kind of get in trouble with, with this. Uh, is I like to think really, really big picture and long term. And so I think sometimes if you're, a com- if you're someone who competes, me personally, if I, if I knew you, I would want you to, to continue to compete. And I want you to have the best core values and core beliefs that's going to keep that, those thoughts and those actions happening. If you have a core belief that if I don't win, I'm not good enough or I can't do this in the future, you're probably going to stop competing. You might have one competition. Oh, okay, maybe next one, two competitions. You'll never compete again. That's just the reality. That's how most people are. They'll give up. And so I think it's better to have long-term beneficial thoughts. Like, you know what? Uh, I did the best I could do. You know, this this competition, I, uh, I, was, I, had a, I have a friend who's like, you know what? This competition, the guy I lost by um, points or decision or whatever, but, you know, he didn't pass my guard or something like this. Whatever it is. So you can set, you set a little micro growth. This time, I'm not getting tapped out, period. I got beat up last time. I got tapped in one minute. This time, I'm not getting tapped out, period. You can have these little goals that are going to help you along the way rather than I just have to win because that disappointment of not winning and then you have to come and save face or you don't want to tell people what happened, that shame will then precipitate thoughts that lead you to cease pushing yourself to the next level. And then also it can sort of spread. So you had mentioned about your training partners. And I think one of the things that to think about, you talked about someone who was going 70% with you, obviously was probably someone that was a higher belt. And then you become that higher belt. So it's sort of like, um, you know, the, I like to use a lot of like Marine analogy. So, and I think you'll, you'll understand this. So when, if you're an NCO, if you're a corporal and you have this PFC private Lance corporal, you're someone, you're someone who's more experienced than someone else. Sometimes you got to think about, okay, one day, if you keep doing this, and I want you to keep doing this, you're going to be in my shoes. So what do I want to teach you about how you should be? Because even though we're all adults and we're all you know adult males, we are going to imitate the people who are ahead of us. We're going to mimic them. So I think sometimes you have to kind of think consciously, okay, what am I teaching this person when I roll with them? And I'm just smashing them, smashing them, smashing them. What am I teaching you? And you, you can, you, you're teaching them. Number one, 
hey, I'm better than you. Hey, I can beat you up. I can smash you. But you're also teaching them that when they get in your sh- in your shoes, that's how you're supposed to treat the people be- beneath them. So you have to think sometimes long term, how is this going to work in the long term versus in the short term? Uh, and I think that's something that I like to do. And that's how I like to think, which probably gets me into trouble sometimes. But I think that's, a, that's an honest answer to those questions. Regardless of outcome, whether it be competition training, I think what we're talking about too is, is something that's said. And I mean, we've, we've gone, I think we've done a really long loop of saying when you either win or you learn in a manner of speaking. And, and we've talked about, you know, what your goal is when you go there, but what we often hear is you either win or you learn. And so you take something away from it regardless, but I also think you can also win and learn. And it's not just win or learn. It's not one or the other, the, uh, long-term versus short-term goals. I think that's, well, that's, that's how you create growth with anything is you may have an over overall long-term goal of becoming a black belt or a champion of something, but you don't do that because you walk in one day and say, I'm going to be this. You usually do that through these small steps and processes of you go in one day and you work on your half guard, which turns into working on open guard, which turns into working on passing the guard, which turns into work in three quarter mount or, or whatever. And I think you, you create those short-term goals that you may execute in a competition that you may not win, but you still learned and you still hit your goals. And I think that's kind of what, what we're talking about is, is little goals, small benchmarks that lead to overall betterment, but not just for you personally, but for your team and for your training partners and for the people around you. And I think it's, it's sounds like do what's right for the team. Like, and then as in the Marine Corps, as well. I mean, we know this. Yeah. I'm just saying that because other people may not know that out there, but, but, um, one of my Navy buddies, he used to say, you know, we're out here, we're deployed. We live by the rules, ship, sailor, self, ship, sailor, self. You, you, you take care of the ship, you take care of your teammates. And then lastly, you take care of yourself. Um, and I think like, like, but a little different with jujitsu. I think we're, we're, we got a balance in there of, of how much you, you put into yourself, but you still have to take care of those others around you. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. Well, well, the, well, the reason why I brought up the competition thing is there's someone who I know who, um, uh, competed with me at jujitsu world. League, which was the first competition I did. And this person is exceptionally good and has, um, amazing potential. But that competition did not go well for him, and he didn't win anything. And you know, nerves. It was just, you know competing, and um, he hasn't competed since. He walked in there this with the, with the attitude of "I'm going to win," and I want that medal. I want. And when you roll with him, you you can tell he is a win win kind of person. He did not win, and he hasn't competed since. And he he probably will not compete again. And despite having such amazing potential, um, he will not execute on that potential. And so that's why I say sometimes you have to think long term about what are your core foundational beliefs. Because if you go in there with, I'm going to win and you lose, 
that might crack your character and you might fold. And that might also make it so that the next time a competition comes, your fear will just be too powerful. You won't be able to overcome it. So, but as far as going back to your illusion, uh, as far as the ship, uh, hold on, I have, I forget. ship, sailor, self, ship, sailor, yeah. self. How do you keep okay. the machine running? Here's the thing is the better you are, the better you can serve those, the sailor and the ship. That's right. And, and also you can only control yourself. You can't control where the ship is going to go. You're not the captain, unless you're the captain, maybe. But even then, you know, he has admirals, you know, he has, he has orders. So you can only control yourself and how you go into an environment is going to dictate really the outcome. What seeds can you plant? What, how can you make, you know, it's kind of like the Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. If you want to make the world a better place, you got to take a look at yourself and make the change, right? So you have to look at yourself and think, okay, I can't control what these other sailors are doing, but I can control me and how I enter in this environment. And by the way, we're contagious. You know, what I mean by that is the energy you have is contagious. When you walk into a room and the vibes you give off, your speech, your conduct, your character, it can have a really big impact. So if you want to have a healthy ship environment, sometimes it starts at the planting those little mustard seeds that then grow into very big trees. So it's something to think about. And if you want to have a good gym environment, it, you know, uh, it starts in those little interactions, how it all starts. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I think the, the, the ship sailor self piece is, is more about, um, putting an overall ideal or goal above your personal, like your personal wants. I, I think that's what that comes down to. Just like a, a greater, a belief in something greater with that. Um, with competition, fear, fear of competition. Um, what I was thinking about when you, when you were talking about that is, is in, in the experience you talked about with a, a person that you had, had competed with and them not competing again is and their mindset going into it. And I think one of the downfalls of many people, and this is something I try to control with myself greatly is expectations. I think, uh, um, when you have expectations of specific outcomes, and we talk about that, that leads to disappointment and, and having expectations of things to happen, uh, can, can, can cause people to falter. And, and, and I believe like having an open mind about something and not trying to predetermine the outcome, um, as you walk through it beforehand in your head, it is a great, it is, is a great way to approach things, but having expectations leads to disappointment. Sometimes you have an expectation and it is what you expect it to be, but I feel that more often than not, it isn't. And it can create a larger amount of devastation for an individual when you go in with a predetermined outcome in your mind. And I think that's what some of us do, like whether it be competition. And it's not just competition really. That's, that's a lot of things related. Hey, I'm going to, I'm interviewing for this job and I'm going to get it. It's good to be, to be positive. But don't set expectations that that may be unrealized. I, I, yes, yeah. I, I I agree with that, and I think once again going back to you know, um, someone, uh, it is nothing like seeing someone who has amazing potential not realize it because of bad beliefs, and 
going back to myself, you know, uh, my first competition, I'll be honest, uh, I was training a lot. When I first started jujitsu, I mean, I was doing morning, night, morning, night, morning, night. Um, once again, going back to um, being blessed and not get injured very easily. Um, and I was training so much so and going to so many open mats that I was, I was thinking, okay, like, yeah, I'm a white belt, but the other white belts, there's no way, you know? And then what I, so when I got to the first competition, Jiu-Jitsu World League, what I didn't expect was when that person, they said, okay, it's your time to do the round. And he grabs me and he, it was like such a intensity in his grab. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is like trying to fight me. And then the jiu kind of went out the window because yeah, I had some beliefs that made me be a little bit cocky, but what I didn't understand was, yeah, you're going to be very nervous. You're going to have adrenaline pumping, and uh, this is going to be quite the experience you think it is. So better to come here with open mind. Now, granted, I was able to beat him, and then I went to a second one. Uh, the guy had a buy. Uh, he was fresh, and it, it went to decision because no, neither one of us could take each other down. You know, the big guy, the big guy game, and. Then I got to my third match, and uh, that guy, the guy was able to uh, Ezekiel choke me, and I lost. And uh, what I took from that whole experience wasn't like, oh well, you know, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> like because I thought it was amazing. I so I took from that, like you know, oh, competition is a lot harder than I expected mentally. I need to work on this mental piece. The physical, I could probably handle it. Technique, I could probably do it, but mentally, I have to get better. I have to overcome this anxiety. I have to overcome this fear because I froze. Essentially, I essentially froze. And I couldn't do any of the techniques we had learned. Like, it just... I think it's an experience for a lot of people who compete, who've never done combat sports before. It's it's very hard mentally. <clears throat> so, yeah. I think sometimes you gotta have... You gotta have um, the right set of beliefs. Keep going back to beliefs. So, your beliefs leaves your thoughts, your actions. So, if you have the wrong beliefs... This is going to lead to bad thoughts. That's going to lead to bad actions and bad behaviors. You have to have good beliefs. And um, one of my core beliefs is, you know what? It wasn't meant for me. It was meant for these other people. This was a learning experience about how I need to grow in uh, humility and how I need to progress in uh, challenging fear. And, I'm, you know, once again, going back to... I know it, 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 it probably comes across as very defeatist or maybe nihilistic like oh well the outcome is the outcome no i want to win trust me when i go there i spent this money i want to win but at the same time i i balance it out because it's like i can't guarantee that outcome you know you never know especially as a blue belt you don't know how long that person's been a blue belt so uh you might have just got your blue belt like me in november and this person might have been a blue belt since 2000 10 and uh good luck you know good luck so you need to balance those expectations but also kind of have a big picture view of like where am i going as a person and i think that starts with your front your core beliefs your core beliefs and so for me every time i go into that competition mindset i'm thinking you know what i can't guarantee a win but you know what i can guarantee that this person today my past self will be able to create a set of actions 
that helped to develop my future self. And if this future self is a better person, going back to what you said, and I join a team, the better this future person is, the better the team will be because his ideas will then spread to other people. He'll have conversations and he'll talk to other people and then they'll be inspired, like the little definition of inspired. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll place new thoughts inside of their minds and they'll go on and do their journeys and then they'll inspire others. So I think it's always important to think about that long-term big picture thinking. Because, you know, when I started doing jujitsu, I got very addicted to jujitsu and uh, I knew that I was going to keep doing this. And I knew I was, was going to be into this for a long haul because I was looking for something competitive to do. And I just kind of got tired of lifting weights. And I had done that for, I don't know, years, years, probably since like 2008 or 2009. And I was like, I'm looking for something different. And I said, oh, this is it. This is it. Um, and, I, and I'd like to keep continuing. I'd like to be a positive force or a positive energy rather than a negative person. Um, so I'm always sort of thinking about that personally. Um, but like I said, not to be too nihilistic, I absolutely want to win. So tap cancer out. Yeah, I wanted to win for sure. Uh, and then that guy, um, Josh, well, uh, leading up to that competition with tap cancer out, you know, um, we haven't really touched this, touched this yet, but obviously I came from another Academy and I, chose to join North Coast. I left that academy. When I got my blue belt, I was very happy about the, about that, but unfortunately, uh I was I I was not getting a lot of training and I wasn't getting a lot of instruction at the time. And I had signed up for Tap Cancer out months in advance and I just was like I don't want to do this. I'm not going to win. This isn't going to go well. Because I'm a blue belt and I don't know, you know, I'm a brand new blue belt. I haven't learned anything since being promoted to blue belt, given the things that were happening over there at the time. And I just don't think that this is going to, going to happen. But I'm, I'm, I, have, I have to shout someone out. And I've told him this before in person. So as you know, I go to the North Coast Open Mats. Even when I was over there, I was always coming on Sunday to the Open Mats because I like, I like Open Mats. I love rolling. That's like my favorite thing in Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, I got to give my last academy credit because I think that's why I'm such a, a feisty roller and I can just keep going and going and going and going. And um, it's because we rolled so much there. But um, I was talking to DDS Ryan and, you know, because this is this leading up to tap cancer out and people saying, are you are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? I'm like, yeah, well, I'm signed up to do it, you know, but I don't know because um, I don't want to do it because, you know, the fear starts creeping up. The you're not going to win. You haven't trained. You haven't prepared for this. You haven't done this. And uh, DDS, I can't quite remember the comment, but he had mentioned Theodore Roosevelt's speech about the man in the arena. And, you know, I just I think some moments are just, you know, uh, fate, you know, it's just like predetermined. Like I, I needed to hear that. And then I was like, oh, I haven't heard that in a long time. I didn't say this to him, but I was thinking it. It's like I need to I need to go relook that up. It's been a long time since I've read that. And once I read that, and I would encourage anyone to, to read that, Theodore Roosevelt, man, the man in the arena, and I said, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta be that. I gotta do this. 
And so I was like, I'll be there. You know, I was thinking about quitting, but I was like, you know what? That's the right way to think. Cause I wasn't thinking properly. Um, and you know, and inspired me, inspired me. Um, so I, I did it. It, 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 and it went, it went, it went how I expected. I'm not going to lie to you. It went how I, ex- I expected. I didn't get chopped out, but you know, uh, he was definitely more skilled than me. He definitely put in more work than me. He deserved the win. Um, and I have no problem losing to him. Um, but it taught me once again, another lesson. Yeah. I didn't win. Well, I take it back. I did get a silver medal, but I, I didn't, I didn't win. I didn't get gold, but I, I learned a lot and I learned a lot that, you know, when someone comes up to me and says, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling this competition. I don't think I'm going to win. Hey, that DDS moment, I'll have that DDS moment with them and then they can compete. And then maybe they'll meet some other people and say the same thing. And together, speaking about ship, sailor self, just those self self interactions can really have a big pull in the positive aspect of someone's lives or someone's life. Uh, it had a, like in mine, had I not been going to those open mats, had I not been having that, those discussions, I would not have done tap cancer out. I would have just withdrawn and just not done it. But, um, Sometimes uh, you can be inspired in, un- in unexpected places and unexpected conversations. And you did it. The man in the arena is actually hanging on the hallway in there. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah, okay. it is. I, uh, I I put that up some time ago. It sits there. I walk by it every day and I look at it and I remind myself of that just regularly. I see it. And if you look, there's a boxer next to it on the other side. There's a picture. I'll show it to you. Um man in the arena then on the other side is a boxer there getting ready to fight and uh, it, it's it's something to really think about because it's it, it is true it, it is true you know being out there a lot of people can say many things from the couch from the stands about how everyone's performing but when you're actually the one there performing win or lose you're in the arena Making a better self is the goal, I think, is what we're talking about. Yes. A lot of it is is your beliefs, your thoughts, your actions, um, using those beliefs, thoughts, and actions to make your you a better self and use that better self for other people to maybe realize how they can make themselves better. It, this popped into my mind when when lis- listening to what you were saying about how we, we, we think about going into events in the lead up before. And, and I don't know why I didn't think about this before, even with my own thoughts, thinking about events and going into competitions, but, but, uh, we suffer more in imagination than reality. Mm-hmm. We hear that all the time. And I mean, I know, I know you, you're, you, you're an avid reader. You, you realize I've, I've seen the books that you're, you're passing out of there sometimes over at, uh, at open mat. And then some of the conversations that we've had, but I think, yeah, we suffer more in imagination than in reality and what we do to ourselves, torturing our own minds leading up to those events, uh, regardless of what kind of expectations we try to put on them. But, but the fact that, that, that we use our own minds to create our own suffering leading up to it, up to these events is what, um, is sometimes what what the problem is. We're we're looking at at what could go wrong from a negative aspect instead of looking at the goal of making a better self and learning. Yes, or what could go right. Um, exactly. And 
once again, speaking long term, I'm sure every jujitsu professor, I would hope, would want whoever comes into their place and signs up. Even if they don't stay, I'm sure they would want them to continue. And it's like, how can I best instill that those beginning ideas to keep you going? Because they, I think you can kind of do this for a long time. You can see the reward 10, maybe even 20 years in the future. Like, you know, you should keep doing this. I know you should keep doing this. And it's how do I how do I set set something up? But I want to I want to kind of circle back to the moment where I talked about um, uh, that. Uh, his name is Sam, the, the guy who I taught the harpoon sweep and he did into an arm bar and that moment of how rewarding that was for me. Now I'm, I'm not a teacher. I'm not an instructor. I make no pretense in, in doing that. I couldn't teach very well. I can barely learn very well. You know, I can't see half the time what's happening. Um, but. And um, we are, we are on opposite ends of that inspe- uh, uh, spectrum. Cause I can't see up close. You can't see far away. So we're always bumping into things when. <laughs> yeah. I just see silhouettes moving and I'm like, well, I think this is how it is. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I, I can I can feel it out. But um, speaking about th- that investment, so w- one thing that I I notice also I think is is we are not separate from our culture. We we live in a, the American culture and we live in a celebrity culture, and in a certain sense, we all kind of want to. Well, we all want to be celebrities. We all want to be. Uh, we imitate what we see. Um, so one thing that I noticed uh, when I, when I first started it is of course, anytime. Well, so as I said, I did powerlifting before until so people say, Oh, did you see what so-and-so lifted and so-and-so this and that and so-and-so, you know? And I'm like, no, I didn't see that. Cause I don't care. But why do you care? Well, it's because we're taught like, I need to look at the tippy tippy top of the pyramid and monitor what they're doing. But I had a, you know, a, there's a thought I have about this is, you know what? You don't know those people, and they don't know you, and they're never going to know you. Um, and most of them don't have very good characters. But you do know some people who are in the gym who could probably use your support more than they, they can. You know, they always talk about how, uh, you know, as the saying goes, you know, uh, a prophet is never welcome in his hometown. You have people who um, are around us who I think are very inspirational and um, giving to them is more rewarding a more rewarding use of time and money than it is giving to strangers and uh high level competitor celebrities um going back to the sense of team so what is it to have a team well if i'm if if i'm in a team i should be minding what's going on with my teammates versus what's going on on some high level competitor what he's doing and I think once again, going back to the long-term vision and building the team, how can you do that when you're not helping one another? Why are you watching their fights, but you're not watching my fight? No. Um, I think there's something to be said about how rewarding it is to, it's almost counterintuitive because I think we're taught like that it's all about me. You know, you grow up in this society. It's all about me. It's all about the self. It's all about me getting, as I said earlier, me getting the gold medal, me getting the followers, me getting likes, me getting the money, me getting the sponsorship, me, 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 me. And then you look at these people who have reached the pinnacle of that. And then it's like, well, they don't seem very happy with what they have. They seem pretty miserable. You know, they it all came at a great cost. 
you know, they're not, they're antisocial. They don't have good relationships. Their families are messed up. All these types of criminals, whatever. And if, and then what I found is that it is much, 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 much more rewarding to focus on others and actually ends up helping you. It actually makes you feel better if you can focus on what's going on with other people and how you can support them, the people who are, uh, you know, fated to be in your life. So, um, speaking about the team, bring this back to jujitsu, uh, going, going back to sort of like the big picture, why we're here and what we're doing, where are we going, what we have influence over. I think, uh, If you want to build a good team, every member has to focus on every other member to have a tight chain, if you, th- if you think about what I'm saying. So, like, you know, it's like a mesh. You want to make a nice mesh. And uh, I think in our society, unfortunately, we're taught a little, to be a little bit too individualist and too individualistic. And I sort of, like, want to eschew that individualism and sort of thinking about, well, instead of me thinking, what can I get from you? What can I do for you? And I think what you'll find is that you end up becoming more enriched versus what can I get from you? I don't know if that makes sense if I'm explaining this properly. It it does. It reminds me of, I can't remember if it was what's good for the, what's good for the whole is good for me. It was like about a life of service and doing good for the whole is what's best for the individual. It, It was an interesting, interesting concept and it, it was actually much more in depth than that but um using using yourself to build upon the greater good for all i think that's some of what what we're talking about here like 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 it, it, in you know trying to tie it back to jujitsu you know a, a little bit with that but the 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 I, I guess you can say like when we're rolling right you may not specifically be working on your game at that time but you're creating uh, you're creating an environment or or around where somebody else can build upon themselves because it, it's a it's a chain that increases. They get better, you get better. You're grat- you you have self gratification from helping them learn. They feel good and positive because they have learned. And uh, I, I think that's that's kind of the circle. Exactly. Possibly, you know. It, yeah. And what if we treated you know it's, it's sort of like a utopian vision. What if we treated every you know. Uh, uh, Every role like that, Every, we thought we consciously were focusing. Okay, what can I, what can I, what can I give for you rather than what can I take from you? And what like I said, what I, what I found is, uh, I get a lot more for it than just me, 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 me. I get a lot more for it, skill wise, technique wise, because sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it is, it's really nice to see how people handle certain situations um, differently than how I would handle a situation. Um, you know, when they get placed in a certain situation. So for instance, if I can get someone inside control, it's really interesting for me to see how certain people handle it versus others. Um, maybe Wes does something very similar to me where he will wait for the momentum. Just he'll sweep you. He'll counter sweep you and get you another position. But some people will, will choose to get space between you slide out. And what I learned is if I am so focused on, I have you in this position, I'm going to hold you here. I will not see those 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 things. I have to let space. I have to let things happen for them. I have to kind of like I don't want to say give them the win, but 
I'm saying I have to deny myself in order to get these type of experiences that I'm looking for in the world. So like we're trying, like for instance, like with Derek, maybe I can get on top of Derek and I can hold him there. But like, I guess a certain point was like, ah, this isn't fun. I want to see you do something. I want to see what you're going to do next. Let me see what's going to happen. And I'm like, wow, that was, that was really interesting. Let me take that from you. Kind of reminds me of delayed gratification in some some sense. Like you you go into a side control position, and normally you would you would I shouldn't say even normally, but a, a lot of times you would work into the next section of that move of going you know from side control to maybe neon belly to three quarter mount to working to a choke. But rather than do that, you look at what the response is, and the response that the other individual gives allows them to further their game at the same time, what you take in is understanding what the response would be. So then you can learn what the next action is. So possibly build a counter from that if you're looking to grow and then you build a counter off of their response and then they have the opportunity to respond to that as well. Kind of like a, a, a back and forth conversation of jujitsu on the mats with 200 pound people. <laughs> well, exactly, and and, yeah. and you can uh, you know you can end up denying that mm-hmm. you can deny that you know there are some people. Thankfully, um, I haven't really encountered this in North Coast, but I have in the past where there are some people where you know you just don't enjoy going with them because it's just like you're going to be overpowered. You're not going to learn anything. They're not going to let you do anything, and it's like this is not fun. I'm yeah. not learning from this. This is a waste of my time, and then I don't want to roll with you anymore because mm-hmm. I just know you're going to hold me down. You're not going to do anything, and this, this is a useless interaction. Congratulations, you held me down. You didn't tap me, but you held me down. Congratulations. And they got two points. You got two points. You're, you know, you're 70 more pounds heavier than me, whatever. Um, so let's, you know, I want to move like to where every every time that I come, I want to learn something new. And like I said earlier, going to my old academy, I hated only going with big guys because Sometimes you see, you know, if you think about it, like from, let's say, a woman's perspective, a smaller woman's perspective, she interacts with the world a lot differently than I interact with the world as a bigger man. Um, And the way that she has to interact with the rolling situation and how she thinks about how to get out of this position, how to how to how to do these things is so different from how I encounter a situation. And I think I can learn from that interaction more than I can learn from someone who's just like me or just the same build as me. And this is where the character thing comes in because yeah, maybe I could smash all all the teenagers and the kids in the kids class. Um, I could do that, but sometimes just seeing how they, you get on top of them and what they think they're like, you know what? I'm going to come up from the back. Or I'm going to, you know, brace. Or I'm going to hold my frames. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love seeing. Um, I love letting people get the upper hand sometimes. And also, that's a, that's kind of like part of my game too. I love to kind of like give people things, like yeah, yeah, take this this mount real quick as I wrap you know the lapel around your throat, and let's see what you do there now. That's one of my favorite like games to play is is to give people a, a position that they think is advantageous. Or they're conditioned to think is advantageous, but really it's a trap. I'm really just baiting you into something, um, and see how they interact with that, and then that helps me improve. Um, sorry. Oh no, no, I was just thinking about that, like, like um, baiting the enemy. You know, yeah. Sun Tzu baiting the enemy. Yeah, you know, like you, you never, you never follow a retreating enemy. 
Well, because yeah, when you're yeah. big, people like to put you on yeah. their back, on your back. Mm-hmm. And so that was my experience. Everyone's always putting me on my back, on my back. I'm like, oh, I don't like being on this on this thing. But actually, I got really comfortable being on my back. Even now, I I feel like it'd be it's it's very difficult to submit me on my back. You have to get me up because I can defend, I can change the position, um, and I like sort of playing with the mentality of it because think about it we're all kind of taught the same moves and so we all kind of go into things thinking um you know there was, there was a role i did at north coast where with someone and i know what he was thinking he was thinking i'm gonna pass your guard and i'm like okay you know and anyone who rolls with me knows i'm gonna pull out your lapel i'm like yeah yeah do that real quick and he goes and he passes and i just wrap the lapel around and then i just stick my fist in and i just start choking him and i was like oh you you must you made a mistake you should have thought why is this big guy letting me just do this? You didn't think about that. You know, it's sort of like the, the mindset of, you know, playing with, with, with people's, you know, manipulation in, in a certain sense, because you can do the unexpected from, but, but, but think about it. I think that a lot of big guys are not like me in that respect, because a lot of big guys are probably trying to overpower you or they use their strength to kind of like sweep you or get on top of you. Oh, no, no, no. I play a very different game. So and uh i'll invert you know i can i can i can i'll invert if i need to i can do all types of things um uh, i like to have that type of game that's just very unconventional and but sometimes baiting does get me into trouble because sometimes i'm like oh i shouldn't have baited this person or oh they know how to trap their legs now i'm now i'm in a bad position (laughs) so sometimes it backfires but it can it can so we went down a whole rabbit hole path there for, for a minute, uh, on quite a few things. And I think, man, if, uh, if we, if we just shut this one off and we start a whole nother chapter of talking about stoic philosophy, <laughs> I mean, we could probably be here for a few hours. Yeah, doing I, yeah, that, I messed up. But, Sorry that happens sometimes. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's good. And me too. Me, me, I, I do, I do the same thing. I, I do. So, so, um, so, so with, with jujitsu. We'll, we'll bring it back to jujitsu. Yes, yes, yes. Um, with jujitsu, so struggles with the sport. So, what do you what do, what do you think? Like, like we've rolled a lot together. Um, you know, we've done open mats, we've done training, we've done king of the mats back and forth. Um, I did. Uh, you know, I was doing some break dancing on you the other week, spinning around like a top, all that fun stuff. You wrapped, you know, my collar around. You took my gi, wrapped it around my neck a few times. That was kind of interesting, figuring out how to get out, out and work through those ones, which is always fun. And by the way, your grip strength is is amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, hard to break through and get that, especially once you have a hold of it with that that lower part of the lapel. It's very, very challenging to to break through and get that and keep moving around. So, like, anyway, with, with all of that, what, what do you think, like, your largest struggles are with the sport? Like, like what, what do you need to overcome to grow your game? Well, um, physically I get, uh, I, I can, I can get, uh, like migraines really bad. So sometimes that makes me anxious about, um, class sometimes because sometimes, you know, I can leave in a lot of pain. Um, so that's, that's one thing that kind of sucks as I was, as I've gotten older, um, I don't, I don't have like the knees or backs, but I, I did, I have gotten developed a migraine problem, uh, which I never had before, uh, hitting 30. And, um, so that's a physical ailment. And as far as my game, I think one of the biggest things, to be honest with you, uh, was leaving my old spot and coming to a new spot. Um, uh, listening to your episode with Steve, Steve sort of talked about a similar situation where you kind of feel like, um, I have 
grown to my potential at this environment and I need a new environment to go to the next level. And so for me, making that transition to North Coast and uh, seeing, you know, when I first came to the first competition class uh, that Ryan invited me to, and I was like, wow, there's so many people here. And over there, you know, there was like some days, like five of us, six of us. There was not many of us. And you got to get used to everyone. It's like, I'm not really learning. And I came here and I saw there's so many upper belts and so many different bodies. And I just thought, oh, this is this is where I need to be because seeing having all these different experiences is going to help me go to the next level. And I think sometimes your environment um, really is going to dictate how far you can go. And going back to what I said about the casuals, regulars, competitors, I wanted to be in a more, I didn't want to be in an Atos type of environment, but I wanted to be in a more competitive environment that was a bit smaller. And I thought that joining North Coast would be a very good fit and that would help me a lot. And also the warmups, the warmups were very intense. So I knew, okay, I, I need to do these warmups. The warmups kill me constantly. Oh man, the warmups, dude. I, I so when we get done with the warmups, I'm like, all right, cool, ready, break, we're done for the day. Yeah. Yeah, they go, they go, and uh, especially when Terrence runs them, man, dude. Have you ever seen how fast that guy is? Yeah, Jeez. yeah, the warmups, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, there's one I really don't like, but uh, I, I will tell you this: I get to class. I, I do my best to get to class about 30 minutes beforehand so I can stretch out and roll and get my body prepped to do the warm-ups because I have to I have to get my hamstrings, legs, calves, hips, and everything stretched before we start the, roll, uh, the warm-ups because uh, if not, I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to pull something during the warm-ups because, man, they, they – we get going in there and, and, and I, and I don't mean that in a negative manner at all. I mean, like it really pushes the cardio. I think that we, we do the warmups and it, 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 it's like a pre-workout before we get into the technique and the rounds, which that, that, that pre-warmup workout and kind of wearing us down a bit makes us focus more on executing technique because we can't muscle through it at that point because we're just kind of worn down already so we have to just focus on executing that technique as best as we can each time because the the strength isn't there always it's just gone oh well well my strength is normally pretty there but uh i will say you were fortunate (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i will say that um uh I, i track my heart rate so um not to go too much into personal philosophies, but you know, once again, I'm I'm also trying to physically improve and physically maintain my body as I've gotten older, right? So there's um a longevity piece to this where it's like uh you have to stay active, you use it or you lose it. So yeah, I was in the Marines for a while and we did all that, but if I don't continue that cardio piece, I'll lose it, and I want to keep my body going for as long as, as possible. And what I can tell you is I can demonstrate objectively that those warm ups plus technique plus rolling uh you can you can burn at least me i mean 800 or 900 calories in the span of one and a half hours of what seems like we're not really doing that because sometimes we're working stuff from half guard it doesn't really like we're sitting so it doesn't seem like it but um i love that cardio piece because i'm like oh yeah i need this in my life this is one other reason why jujitsu was so beneficial uh was was adding that cardio because the more you work your heart up uh that that affects your you know resting heart rate your your uh, metabolic rate um, all of your blood work that you should be getting done if you're above thirty. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
all of that, as far as your longevity, is super important. So uh, the first day I came, actually, speaking of the warm-ups, first day I came um, at my old place, I'll be honest with you, you know, we were kind of casual, and we weren't really doing warm-ups. And uh, when I came, and uh, they are like, I'm going to start warming up, and I'm like, dying. I'm like, what is this place? I was like, I guess this is a competition class, and I'm just like, <gasps> and I'm like, holy crap, this is hard. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's hard. I need to be here then. I need to be here because uh, it was it, it. I was like, I need to get this heart rate going. This is good. I started. Uh, I, I saw some of your your posts about the heart rate uh, from the open mats, and and I was looking at that, and and I I had a monitor several months ago, and uh, wore it for a while. That that's that was over and done with, and then I I actually went up and picked out or went up and picked up another monitor so I could see uh, real time what the data is. And, and I was surprised just looking at, at the, the fluctuation in the heart rate, like how high it goes during the warmups. And then it's a nice, smooth, easy, good average to kind of keep the blood pumping. And, and, and what I'll see is, is typically I'll see during warmups, it'll go up to about 160, then kind of settle down at 140, then go down to 120. And then while we're drilling, it'll be between 100 and 120, just kind of in there. But then when we hit the rounds, It'll spike all the way up to 185, 180s um, at, at various points. And I thought that was really interesting to watch because now I can objectively see how hard I'm pushing myself on that monitor. Now, I may feel like I'm pushing myself, but I can go back and see the rounds on that heart monitor and say, I wasn't pushing myself hard enough during that round. I wasn't pushing there. Cause my goal is the endurance mm-hmm. in, in, in the endurance, the cardio piece of that to, to, to be able to go round after round after round and not have that physical failure. So I'm able to see hey, how hard I am pushing myself each round and knowing like, Hey, at this point I wasn't pushing hard enough, at least for my own goal. I need to push a little harder. I need to move around a little more, maybe stand up a little more, maybe back out, whatever, what, whatever I can do to help make that heart rate increase. And, and, uh, that, that was an interesting thing to see. And I'm glad when we talked about social media and posting things, I'm glad you had posted that and tagged me in a few of those because, I probably wouldn't have got back to that heart monitoring and, and been able to reevaluate how I was performing on the mats if you hadn't done that. So thank oh, you. Oh, Appreciate no problem. That. Well, and, and inspire, inspiration. But, and also another thing to consider about that is you asked earlier about how do you know if you're objectively getting better? Well, I, I can give you some objective measurements, especially if you're thinking not just jujitsu, but the whole body concept, you know, depending on where you're starting at, you know, I, um, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, let's just say a person has, you know, whatever, something's wrong with their blood work and, uh, you can objectively know, you know what, this is where I started and this is where I'm at now. This is a, this is a positive impact in my life. Um, and so I'm always monitoring it and normally it's just really, I mean, I look at like my resting heart rate, like how's my resting heart rate as long as it stays in a certain range, you know, it's like, okay, that's a good, you know, period. And I just know like, okay, that's also makes me feel really good at the end. Like, I almost feel like I'm high. Like, sometimes you're going really good, and it's just like, I feel like elated. I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm just so happy. I'm having a great time. I just want to talk to everybody. And I'm like, something that is this, it, that's after after all the roles and after you stopped everything, and it's just like, wow. And sometimes even in the roles, I'm like enjoying it so much. Like, I just don't want it to stop because I'm just having so much fun. And it's kind of crazy to think about it because uh, we haven't got, really got to this, like, about getting started, but my buddy, my buddy Drew, um, he asked me to start jujitsu and 
I was like, what is jujitsu, dude? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know what this is. And so I looked it up on Instagram and like, I, I saw a picture. And I'm like, these guys are just hugging. Like, what is this? This is weird. Like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, well, you should come. And I was like, I'll, I'll make it my new year's resolution and I'll come once. And wow. I, was, I didn't realize like how intense this is. You know, when you look at it, when you film it, speaking about me filming is when you look at it, like some of my friends, they can't really tell what's happening. They can see like people are moving, but they can't see the technique. They just see like things are happening. But I was like, I was like, imagine this, what you're watching right now, their heart rate is the equivalent of doing sprints. You're that 180 range. That is a sprint that is sprinting. And you guys are just rolling down, rolling around, hugging. But, um, this is such a great cardio aspect for me because I hate running. I hate it running in the Marine Corps and I don't like running now, but this is like the same equivalent of cardio as if I was doing sprints like I used to do. Um, except I'm actually like really enjoying the experience versus terrible and it's miserable and I hate it. And anytime you can improve yourself physically and have fun doing it, I think it's a good thing. And I, I know that's what jujitsu does for me. When I, I've said this in, in several of the other podcasts, but I mean, I was 270 pounds when I walked in that first day and, and I, I was strong enough to handle, like to handle myself because I was doing Highland games and in other, you know, and lifting and, uh, cause I love lifting. I, I still lift several, several days a week now, but, um, you know, I was heavy. I had a lot of weight on me and, and I had way too much weight on me. It was, it was, uh, not good weight. It was useless weight. And, you know, I, I went from at, at one point, I think I was as low as 225 at one point in the gym. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, uh, and then po- after COVID went back, you know, I came back 200 and over 250 pounds back from COVID. I think I'm down to 235 now, a couple weeks ago. I was, uh, I, w- I was talking with Jesse Carley in Alma and I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, I weigh an eighth of a ton or 250 pounds. Well, uh, the following day I actually went and got on the scale and I'm like, oh, I don't weigh that anymore. I'm in the two thirty two thirties now, mm-hmm. which is good because I'm, I, you know, goals, right? Like I want out of that ultra heavyweight class. I want to actually work in a weight range. So down to two fifteen at some point, but, but the, Jiu-jitsu, the benefits from jujitsu, not only from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint as well, are amazing. It's it's a community, it's camaraderie, it's a team, it's good for yourself. It gives you the an opportunity to teach and an opportunity to learn. It's I think it's it's a great, great sport that that many people should should at least try once and understand whether it's for them or not. Well, and also, um, speaking of the episode you did, um, uh, with the ladies, uh, also I want, I want to think about, uh, specifically for, although I don't, I don't understand, like we talked to a lot of men, but specifically the male perspective of why it is so important to, uh, I think do some type of combat sport or something like this, because as a man, um, a lot of your biology is sort of in tune into this. You start doing it and um, you get involved. You probably can't help but feel positive or good about it. Because if you think about sort of the hormones that are being released in the transaction, you know, it's like sort of like the oxytocin from being touched. Um, you know, there's obviously like, you know, a lot of dopamine. There's a lot of pleasure from it. from your And also, you know, your endorphins being released from the actual physical elation of the activity. Um, and I think also as men, we have a natural sort of drive for 
conquest and competition and wanting to even rough and tumble play. So you get two boys together, you know, they like to rough house. You, we still have that desire as adults. So as a man, I think for a lot of men, they're kind of like missing that connection in life. And I think this is also a good outlet for that as well. Um, especially if you never really had that, like in the military or something like this, it's a really great experience because it fulfills a biological imperative inside of you that you may not otherwise be fulfilled in. So I think that as well. We're a few hours into this and uh, we've had a pretty robust conversation about like some theories behind jujitsu, some of the mental aspect of jujitsu, uh, physical aspect of jujitsu, the bettering yourself, bettering others, the man in the arena, um, suffering more in imagination than reality, winning versus losing, how you always win. We've talked about um, the ideas of you either win or you learn um, and, and, and skill versus skill and how we sharpen each other on the mats and, and what our ideas of our, of, of, as far as the right way to do that and, and, and how, how not only do we grow ourselves but we grow others as we grow. With all that being said, uh, what, what else do you want to add that we haven't talked about today? Going back to what I said earlier about uh, the, the male biological imperative, um, right now, we live in a society that has a lot of uh, loneliness and a lot of people looking for community and lacking community. And it leads to a lot of mental health issues uh, like depression and anxiety and all these types of things, which have become very prevalent in this day and age. And I would like to speak sort of in the male perspective uh, for this is there's a lot of men who I think maybe feel apprehension or they feel like um, this is too risky or I can't do this or, you know, there's an ego aspect of it. But I think uh, starting jujitsu is incredibly rewarding on every aspect that we've mentioned so far, physically, mentally, emotionally, camaraderie, community, um, anything that, that we've uh, talked about. And I think it could be a, a really big problem solver in society. I mean, if you could imagine if everyone started doing uh, jiu-jitsu or martial art, uh, how many problems could be solved? But at the end of the day, we can only control ourselves. So I think one big thing I would like to say is that uh, jiu-jitsu is, is, is very good for specifically uh, men to do and I think if you were on the fence or like I was for a long time because I didn't understand it, um, you should just try a class. Just try a class. Uh, come to North Coast. Come to Open Mat maybe. You know, find find something that works for you. Uh, I know sometimes a, a, a full-blown class could be overwhelming. Um, maybe you just need to come to an Open Mat and just have some one-on-one time with somebody. That's how I started. I just had some one-on-one time. and um, But I think everyone should try it. And I think you will find that uh, it will enrich your life and you can help enrich others' lives. Charles, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate you spending a few hours with me, having this great conversation about jujitsu, and I will see you on the mats. BJJ Mat Times. <laughs>